Hello and welcome to this week's Law in Sport podcast with me, Sean Cottrell, the founder and CEO of Law in Sport. Over recent weeks and months, there has been a lot of discussion around whether English football should adopt the Rooney Rule. However, a lot of the debate has been framed in a way that has not been helpful or progressive for English football. Therefore, I thought it would be useful to bring together two experts to discuss whether or not the Rooney Rule could be lawfully adopted in English football, and if not, what other progressive steps could be taken to improve the diversity within English football coaching, management and boardroom levels. So, last week, I went down to Seven Bedford Road Chambers to meet with one of their specialists in employment discrimination and sports law, Elaine Banton, and Troy Townsend, the Education and Development Manager for the organisation Kick It Out, to hear their views on how minority groups can be better represented at coaching, management and boardroom level within football. Thank you for tuning in. I hope you enjoy the show. Yeah, we've heard a lot in the press over the last probably six months to a year on, on the Rooney Rule. And, you know, the BBC um, Radio 5 Live did a, did a podcast earlier in the week. There's been lots written about in the press. Elaine, you've written uh, a detailed piece on legality, which will come on to, of, of applying the Rooney rule, Rooney rule over here. Troy, could you just um, give us a, an overview of what uh, the, the Kick It Out does as an organisation and what your role is? So, as, as an organisation, we... Um I suppose we look to to, to advocate change um, within various fields of the game. Um, my role particularly is education and development manager. So we look at educating young players, uh, scholars 16 to 18 on equality and diversity. Um, you know, we talk about the change room environment. Um, we try and get a good honest discussion about what goes on within their environment and, and what we try and do there is for the better of the individual player is get them to understand um, you know the kind of topical conversation that goes on higher um, there's a real good feel and understanding for that kind of work um, the other part of my work is trying to help underrepresented groups uh, gain employment within the game so throughout all walks of the game, whether it's through media, whether it's through admin, whether it's just working in your local community club, um, we put on events um, that help them um, speak to mentors, professional people that already work in the game to advise or, or to kind of check that what they're doing or what they're trying to, where they're trying to get to, they're on the right path. Um, we've had a number of, of real good success stories come out of that as well. And, and when I say underrepresentation, I don't only speak about um, you know ethnic minority groups. I speak about women. We talk about the underrepresenting of women in the game. You know those of disability, um, those from faith groups, uh, your LGBT community. So right across the board, um, just making sure that football is fair, reflective, and inclusive as well. Um, you know, we were 20 years old last year and people are saying that there shouldn't be kicking out still around. Well, unfortunately, you know, as we can see now, um, there is very much a need for kicking out um, and very much a need for, you know, a campaigning organisation to affect what goes on in football at the moment. You know, unfortunately, there's an increasing level of discrimination within the game um, right across the board um, and I'm not just going to pick out fans here and it's something that Kick It Out are very passionate about and want to make sure that we are part of the process that the advocates change uh, within the game. Thanks Troy, um, I'm looking forward to hearing your perspective on the Rooney Rule because I know you've got some interesting views and uh, you know the reason why 
um, I, I wanted to bring you to, 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 to interview today was because of your depth of knowledge across the sport, you know, from all the way down from, from grassroots yeah. all the way up to professional game. I think it provides a very helpful uh, perspective. So I look forward to hearing from you in a bit. Elaine, um, you're, you're a barrister. You, so employment law and equality and diversity is your area of specialism. Can you just talk a bit about your practice and you know, your expertise in, in other areas of the law outside of sports law? Right, well basically I do um, a whole range in terms of employment law, discrimination law, human rights and sports law. It's very much with a discrimination sort of overview. So it could be dealing with individuals and their issues or it could be dealing with large employers, local authorities or organisations and charities. It's a real mixture but generally the issues do involve some sort of employment or contract context or discrimination or human rights remit. So you, in, back in June you wrote a piece for us on, on the Rooney Rule and its application to uh, English law. There's been a lot of talk about adopting uh, the Rooney Rule which has had uh, been attributed to having a lot of success in bringing um, minority groups to uh, have representation in the coaching staff in the NFL. What is your view, if you could just give us a brief overview of what your view of the compatibility of the Rooney Rule with English law and how would you see it fitting? Is, would it be something that can be adopted over here? Well, it's a very interesting um, issue in itself because obviously the Rooney Rule has been successful in the NFL in the US in terms of bringing about greater diversity in terms of uh, coaching staff in the NFL. Obviously, though, there is a difference between the culture in the US and the culture in the UK. In America, there's been a history of uh, segregation and civil rights movement, uh, which also adopted affirmative action. So they are very used to having in place, in terms of employment practices, quotas, and other affirmative action initiatives which in the UK we don't have a similar history of. So whereas the Rooney Rule in itself uh, has been very useful in America, what it's done, it's basically said you've got to interview for a particular post for which the rule applies, you've got to interview an ethnic minority candidate. So it effectively is about giving equality of opportunity. It doesn't necessarily mean you're going to appoint uh, an ethnic minority coach, but it does mean you have to give them an opportunity to be interviewed, at least one candidate. So that in itself sounds like a very reasonable principle. However, it's unclear that that could be lawful as the law stands currently in the UK, because you, what you'd be saying to an employer is that you have to interview an individual. Whereas what we do have, which is lawful at the moment, in the UK, which in my opinion is is underused, is lawful positive action. So under the provisions of the Equality Act, you have sections 158 and 159, which allow for positive action. Now that is different from positive discrimination and different from quotas. And quite often you see people talking about all of these issues as if they're the same thing, when in fact they're not. Positive discrimination is unlawful. That would be more like quotas, saying we're going to make sure we just employ a woman or an ethnic minority because we need to have two candidates, for example. That would be unlawful, and that's not what we're suggesting at all. What, what, what's quite interesting is that, as the Equality Act stands today, 
an employer could use initiatives to bring about more um, diversity when dealing with underrepresented groups. So whichever that group might be, it might be a lack of women, a lack of disabled people, or a lack of ethnic minorities. So when they're looking at uh, appointment, recruitment, or promotion, or even training, they can look at trying to increase diversity where there is a, an underrepresentation. And how would, how would they look to do that? Well, <clears throat> what they can do is, under the Act, it means that an employer has a defence to any claim of positive discrimination. So they're allowed to, to work within, as long as it's a reasonable, reasonable stance to take, i.e., there's a clear sign of underrepresentation, and that's judged locally to the regional area. Um, and the particular post. So it, 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 usually you'll be able to identify um, an underrepresentation. And then what an employee could actually practically do, they could, for example, look at training initiatives or mentorship or even say an open day to encourage more applicants and understanding of this particular post or opportunities that are available. So that could be the first stage and that would be entirely lawful. The second stage, when you've perhaps increased your pool because you've in increased training and awareness and exposed people to um, particular opportunities that arise, the second stage then could be to utilise um, Section 159 of the Equality Act, which applies to recruitment and promotion. Now, that's a particularly powerful pr provision. So, so uh, basically, to sum up what you're saying... The Rooney Rule would have would be difficult, if not um, unlawful, to adopt the Rooney Rule over here, and that uh, a better way would be to continue to encourage minority groups to uh, and host events to encourage them to take up um, training and education um, and qualifications to enable them, and then look at processes within an organisation. So in this case, a football club, to make sure that their processes are more transparent and encourage uh, a better representation in the recruitment process. Yes, because what the Act envisages is that an employer, where there is this underrepresentation, could in the recruitment process, where there are two equally qualified candidates, they, could, they can choose to appoint the minority candidate, whichever minority they're from. So, for example, it could be a female or it could be um, someone from an ethnic minority. And that is potentially a very powerful provision um, which could really help address the diversity and it is lawful and it avoids, it avoids the confusion or connotation which sometimes gets introduced to this debate about quotas and is the Rooney Rule about quotas and, and this can be quite um, difficult because it potentially sets back the discussion that we're trying to have. So an employer could actually take those steps. However, Certainly my understanding of the way that uh, the, the recruitment process is currently undertaken is that for whatever initiative is introduced, what you need to secure before it's going to have any effect is, first of all, a recognition that the culture as it stands needs to change. Now that's, that's very important because a lot of people need to be behind this. Otherwise, you can have all the policies drawn up but it's not going to be implemented. So you need to have that. And second of all, and perhaps even more importantly, is that you need to have transparent and open recruitment practices. 
so that, for example, individuals actually know when positions are vacant and how they can apply so they have an opportunity to actually be interviewed. I think you need to have those things in place for any initiative to have any real difference and to work. So, Troy, you just heard from Elaine mm. saying that the, the, the Rooney Rule is not applicable here. Um, we hear a lot of people saying it should be adopted. What's kick it out for you? And, and then also, from your experience, what do you think would be effective? Um, I think in terms of our view, um, our chair, um, Lord Herman Newsley, is quite strong in his views um, about the processes um, and he questions them on a regular basis. Um, I think as an organisation we also realise that it would be difficult to, to implement the rule in the format that it stands um, in the NFL and I, I think everyone should really understand that, that there's no way you'd get the Rooney rule working in football the way that it does um, in American football. The adaptation of that is, is open for discussion um, and <laughs> that discussion itself would probably take a really long time. Um, for us, it's the effect of, of, of employers, um, what they truly understand, um, how we can change the mindsets at, at that level of the game, practices that they have, um, you know, when a manager gets sacked, what is the process? Is it open? Is it out there for, for all managers, coaches to, to be able to apply? Or are you just keeping it in-house? Is there a process behind a process kind of thing? Is it, well, we know we want A, but we're gonna put it out there to B and C just so it pleases everybody. You know, So the whole procedures that, that are in place at football clubs um, is something that we want to change. Um, at the moment, I think it's quite predictable. You know, if a manager gets sacked, m most of the time it's quite predictable what happens. Um, Can you just allude to you know, some of the processes? Because I think you know, we were talking about this earlier. And you know, from my experience coming into you know, sports law and, and into the business of football, you know, I was quite shocked at some of the practices. Because you know, we assume that there's big money in football, mm. uh, particularly at the top end of the game. Mm. And therefore, you just assume that the business processes mm. are professional, as you'd expect in other sectors, mm. such as law, accountancy, finance, for example. Mm. Um, but that doesn't always seem to be the case. Football, <laughs> I've mentioned this earlier, football's a law unto itself. Football is, is, breaks itself away from kind of the norm. You know, it, it thinks that it... That, it thinks that it, it, it's, it's, it's in its own world. And I think... In doing that, football doesn't appreciate the processes that are out there in general law, you know, general employment law. Football doesn't appreciate those processes. So, you know, this sacking a manager, getting rid of him, whatever else, mutually agreeing stuff, um, there could have been a process in place quite a while ago. We've had some bad results. We've identified somebody. How do we get rid of this one? If these results continue, what do we do? Well, let's keep talking to the man that we really want in place and then we'll make a decision on this one. Let's wait for one really big result. There we go, there's the result. Let's get rid of him. 24 hours later, somebody's in place. I've never known a recruitment process that can go that quickly. Um, it's not open, it's not transparent. Um, you, you know, you've already identified an individual to take a role that someone is already in. Um, that can't be right. So football has to really look at itself in the mirror and decide 
how we're going to affect this change, how, how we're going to implement, you know, employment law within, within its own game. Um, I'm not quite sure football is really open to that process. I'm not sure football would want to go through that process and, and get in all of it. You know, I'm going to use this term, we all talk a good game. Um, but when it actually comes down to, to actioning, you know, the kind of things that we want to happen within the game, there is no process behind that. It's what matches and needs and wants of a football club. So if there's a chairman of a particular club who says, I want the best manager that I can get. I want the manager that's going to win me titles, that's going to make me play a certain way. You don't go out there and go, well, let's just put that out open and see who applies. You go, well, I want him. And then you try and go for him. So would you, would you say then, you know, because you, you know, we've been to discussions here at Seven Bedford Row where, where there's been some sort of heated discussions and in the press the same things happen where I think people get rather defensive in football that the accusation are that yeah. they're racist. Yeah. So by the sound of things though, it could also, it, you know, it may be that some are, you know, you don't know, mm. either directly or indirectly, mm. um, their prejudice um, in, in, I guess, yeah, not only racism, but other forms of prejudice. Yeah. So... Really, the processes at the moment are just lending themselves to that. So it may be that the may, whilst it may be perceived that way, you, it may be possible that the people who are who are doing the recruitment go, look, generally I'm not, I'm not prejudiced, but you know, the people who are qualified at this moment in time for the job are white managers, whilst they may not be actively discriminating against mm. uh, minority groups, because the processes aren't transparent. That is causing the problem, and that's what needs to be fixed. There's two percent of black managers, two percent of ethnic minority managers in the game at the moment. There's nearly thirty percent playing the game. Um, I don't know what the figures are for out of work. Um, when I say out of work, I mean qualified, but not able to find a job in the game. I don't know what those figures are, and probably that would be a, a good piece of research to find out what percentage of black and ethnic minority coaches, managers, are out of work and are not working in the game. So they've got the badges, they've gone through their procedures that they have to go through. Get yourself qualified. Have you got a job in the game? No. Have you applied for jobs in the game? Yes. You know, it's never highlighted who applies for jobs. They always say, well, it's 30 applied. Who are the 30? Yeah. No one knows. It's just a figure. 30 have applied, okay? What needs to happen is 30 have applied. List the 30. Yeah list the 30 let's see who was applying for these jobs so I want to come back to because I know you've got some really interesting views on, 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 on another part of that yeah. process yeah. So I'd like to come back to that but Elaine from other professions we talk you know yeah. in law for example they have diversity schemes yes. what do you think could be adopted where um, you know there's more transparency maybe um, some diversity schemes where it makes it more obvious and easier for people from minority groups to apply mm-hmm. would that work in football there's no reason why it couldn't work in football. There'd need to be a commitment for it to have real effect, but there's nothing stopping some sort of initiative being, t- being adopted. You've got powerful organisations such as the FA, Premier League, who can get, bring the clubs together to draw up and agree to an action plan, for example. You could have training and mentorship. You could have a talent management programme where you could identify key individuals um, and organisational strategy where you could actually be clear in what sort of training and mentorship you want across different levels and also clear aims and objectives being defined so that there could be a real commitment to this. And I think it is interesting 
that what we can actually learn from the experience on the Rooney Rule, and it really touches on what Troy was saying earlier, is that what the Rooney Rule has done successfully in America is slow down that recruitment process. Whereas you can see here very quickly, almost overnight, a manager is appointed um, without what appears to be any form of recruitment practice. In the US, they've had to interview that ethnic minority candidate. And in that way, it has slowed down that process. And it has widened the pool in terms of the talent that is being um, looked at and identified. And that really is key. What we want is to impart that into the system here. And there's actually no reason why what we see happening in other industry and other um, practices such as, you know, in, in the legal field, um, in banking, in all sorts of different industries, there's no reason why those practices, recruitment practices, can't be adopted in football. And what we're really talking about is open and transparent procedures with accountability. So it's interesting you mentioned this, and you know it seems like you know we're going over the you know the same thing comes coming again transparency, you know good business practices. Hopefully, you would like to think that good business practices generally would make better, make more money, more stability for the class. We've seen this with financial regulations. You know, there's a lot of debate around, uh, particularly FFP, if you wait for FFP, but financial regulations across the different leagues. However, one thing that we do know is that there has been no clubs in the last year that have gone into administration because of it, because they're adopting better financial models um, that, that allow more stability. Troy, I know that you're on um, currently going through the onboard scheme at the moment. Can you just talk about that? That seems to have given you a unique perspective, really, on what's going on at the top end of the, of the game, particularly within clubs. And I'd really like to hear your view on that. Well, I was, I was just before that, Sean, sorry, I was going to say that there are many initiatives out there that are looking to, to, I would say, challenge the processes as they are at the moment, um, getting better representation in terms of coaching, get a, getting better re representation in the media, because we talk about football in, in terms of you know just the playing side of it or the managing side of it, but you know how many ethnic minority people do you see on your television presenting your sports programs? So there's this, you know, we, we, we talk about that end of the game, but there's this whole perspective that we really need to think about. This is why the market we need to think about. And there's a number of, of good initiatives actually in place at the moment that are trying to to help develop, um, you know, individuals or, 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 or people who, who want to go through those routes. They're challenging um, and there are barriers. You know, no one should say they're not barriers to, you know, for for people to go on and, and get employed within within those industries. But, you know, there's a number of good practices that are in place. The onboard program is one of them. You know, last year, um, I kind of watched from afar the, the program come into place and it, it's about better representation within the boardroom level, which is a particular passion of mine. Because if you're going to try and affect uh, and make decisions, the real important decisions that are gonna affect and ripple down the level of the game that we want them to, you have to affect the boardroom. You know, so a number of, um, I think there was 12, 15 um, people from 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 football and, and the background of ex-players or um, coaches have gone through the process of the onboard programme and are currently um, looking at getting positions where they'll be mentored um, and they'll be able to sit on the governing bodies' boards um, 
for me, just sitting on them is not good enough. But sitting is a start, and then they'll be able to, you know, add value to the process along the way. I've, I've been to one of the onboard meetings so far. We've had one. It's not a meeting. I'm I'm, I'm back at school, um, but it, but it's great because it's opened my eyes up to to. It's quite scary because it, it's it it's made me understand a lot of what football is doing wrong at the moment. Um, and, you know, it opened up my eyes. You know, I come from a coaching background and a, and a playing background and all we ever know about is what happens on the green pitch. And, and, you know, some years ago I thought to myself, I want to add value to the game. And that's one of the reasons why I, I approached, approached Kick It Out to go and work there. I volunteered first and foremost and, you know, luckily got a position there because I want to affect the game now with the knowledge that I have um, in, a, in a different field and, and working at Kick It Out has given me that opportunity. This onboard program is the next process of that because it's, you know, it's been identified that we're not doing everything right at boardroom level. So what it's done, it, it, it's, a, it's enabled me to, to look at kind of like the policies that are in place and it's enabled me to understand governance, uh, not just in football, but in other, in other fields as well, in other sectors as well. And, where things have gone wrong and, and, and what the law says about that. And it by the end of it, um, whether I pass or whether I don't pass, and hopefully, fingers crossed, I pass, but it will make me a better individual, not only to challenge, but also to understand um, the processes at, at the top level um, will enable me to go and sit on boards. Um, you know, it doesn't have to be within football, you know, it can be on the housing association, but just understand how all these different industries work at that level. And for me, someone who many years ago just wanted to play football and didn't care about anything else that happened in the game as long as I put the ball in the back of the net. For me, that's a whole story and a change in, in, in my personal career. Um, and, and if I am able eventually to be able to, to you know, to sit on one of those boards and affect change for the better of the game, then I feel that I've come kind of almost, you know, round in a full circle in it. You've got likes of Les Ferdinand, Jason Roberts, you know, good people in the game who who have gone from the playing side of the game very quickly transferred into the ballroom level of the game. And they can add value so much because, you know, sometimes people say, well, you don't really know the game unless you've played. I'm not, I don't advocate that, but that they come from a playing background, so it means that they can they can understand the game more and add value to what is being said within the boardroom, not just from kind of like the, the office level, but from the real ground level. I guess it as gives well. more credibility. And and it gives like, it more credibility. Whether whether or not, you know It's how yeah. you see it. But, yeah. but you know football needs to understand what goes on the on the on, on the pitch. You know, that boardroom level needs to understand what goes on the pitch. And those on the pitch want to understand what goes on at the boardroom level. And if we can get a good marry of the two um, then I think that we're going along the way into helping football understand where it needs to be. And we're trying to affect change right across the board. And I've said it earlier, but you have to do that from the top. I know a lot of things are done from the bottom upwards, but in football, you have to work from the top. You mentioned some interesting statistics, I think, from, I think it was on ITV, yeah. that, that, that you said about representation on boards. Mm. Um, do you have those figures? In terms of the um, representation on boards, it's quite scary in terms of ethnic minority representation on these boardrooms now. Um, 15 out of 20 clubs are all white within their boardrooms. Um, the five clubs that have representation are mainly because who their owners are. Um, and for me, 
that kind of shows I mean that means that the boardrooms are not inclusive um, it means that there's there's one kind of opinion in those boardrooms and there's not an understanding um, of certain backgrounds particularly those that play in the game we're saying nearly 30% are from an ethnic or minority background that play the game um, but that's not being represented in management level and that's not being represented at the highest degree um, if we are going to bring a Rooney rule or a type of a Rooney rule into this ga- into this game into this industry we have to start up there first and foremost it's no point bringing it in middle ground level managers coaches if you've got the same people making the decisions at the top end I would totally um, agree with that um, Troy I think it really goes back to what I was saying earlier about there needs to be a recognition that the culture needs to change. Mm -hmm. And for that to really have any effect, it has to start from the very top, because this is where the decisions are made. So I think the onboard programme is potentially a very effective Mm -hmm. programme if that can be um, adopted and if individuals and organisations can really get behind that. It's a way to potentially affect change because with all the policies in the world, if you don't have the commitment mm-hmm. to see it through, then you're not actually going to see any change whatsoever. So I think that's um, really, really helpful, and I'm pleased to hear that it is already having an effect. It sounds to me that there's some quite s- relatively simple procedures that can be adopted mm-hmm. from other industries that are already in existence at the moment. Nothing can- simple in the game. <laughs> okay, I'm, uh, maybe not simple, but <laughs> it could definitely be a pl- you know could be adopted maybe change slightly to, to accommodate football over maybe a transitional period, both through transparency and openness of the of the procedures, yeah. through better representation on the board level. And I believe from our earlier discussions and from today, um, that that is just basically good business. Well, that's all we have time for for this show. I'd just like to thank Elaine Banton for Seven Bedford Row and Troy Townsend from Kick It Out for their contribution to the podcast. If you'd like to know more about the application of the Rooney Rule to English football, you can go to lawinsport.com and go to our football section. Or you can see the link contained in the description below if you're listening via SoundCloud or iTunes. Well, thank you for tuning in. And remember, if you want to stay informed about the latest legal issues and developments from the world of sport, go to lawinsport.com, follow us at Twitter, at lawinsport, go to our YouTube channel, lawinsport TV, or you can follow me, at Sean Lawinsport, on Twitter. Have a great week.